The following podcast is to inspire you, inform you and support you on your journey to achieve happiness and well-being. I am not a psychologist or a doctor, so if you feel you need help with anything discussed in this show, please do seek professional medical advice. Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. I'm your host, Charlene Bala-Lucas. It's been two years since I launched this podcast on Capital FM, featuring 104 guests in 86 shows talking about a raft of mental health and well-being topics. So many guests have shared their stories honestly and authentically, and we've heard from professionals in the mental health space too. It's been an amazing journey. To mark this occasion and as a thank you to my guests and of course you the listeners, I'm doing three special shows. No guests, just me and you. I will share my life story, my fears and vulnerabilities and my secrets to cultivating lasting happiness and resilience. So do stay with me for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music and meditate together. Now in episode one, I told you about my husband, Jeremy, his death, my grief, my severe depression and suicidal ideation. I also told you how I wanted to live again. I wanted to be happy again. I just didn't know how. And so I turned to many different techniques to nourish each aspect, whether that was exercise, through dance mostly, nutrition and sleep for my body, mindfulness, acceptance and gratitude for my mind, compassion, altruism and human connection for my spirit. And I share these techniques in my book, Happiness, Is It Simply a Mindset Shift? And I believe that it is simply a mindset shift. These simple yet hugely effective techniques can be adopted into your busy daily life to cultivate happiness, compassion and resilience. Last week I talked about the importance of eating well, sleeping well and exercising. And I hope you all managed to fit in some exercise this past week. Now this week... I want to talk about three aspects, human connection, compassion, and altruism. Now, one of the things that happened after Jeremy died was this overwhelming loneliness that overcame me. I've never felt anything like it. And I can tell you loneliness, it was, it was crippling in its strength and frightening in its relentlessness. For 18 months, I became a recluse, shunning friends, family, and society. But as I told you in that first episode, after my father's funeral, when I decided to live again and be happy again, that's when the next part of my journey begins. So what do you do when you want to find happiness? Well, I did what every crazy, lonely, 40-something-year-old woman who's looking for happiness does. Okay, not maybe every 40-something-year-old, but definitely what I did. I started online dating. I was looking for a man who could make me happy. After all, Jeremy 
had given me so much happiness. So surely there was another man out there who could do the same. I mean, how difficult could it be? (laughs) Oh, famous last words. Very difficult as it happens. And I'll tell you all about it after my first song choice. I've chosen this song because it makes me want to get up and dance and makes me happy. It really gets me excited about life. And really, that's all I have to say about it. The song is I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let's burn the roof. 
and then we'll do it again. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's, let's do, do it. it. And do it, and do it, let's live it up and do it, and do it, and do it, do it, do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, do it, do it, do it. Here we come, here we go, we gotta rock, 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 easy come, easy go, now we on top, feel the shot, body rock, rock it, don't stop, round and round, up and down, around the clock, Monday, Tuesday, Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with your host Charlene Bala-Lucas. So as I was saying, how difficult could it be to find a man like Jeremy who gave me so much happiness? <laughs> Very difficult as it happens. Now anyone who knows me will know that I don't do things by halves. I decided to really throw myself into the dating scene in a big way. So first I got fit, I lost weight, I got a whole new wardrobe. And then I subscribed to six dating sites. Yes, six. In the space of seven months, I spoke to over 50 men and dated around 20. I was a prolific dater. And in one week, I dated five guys. And in fact, if I remember correctly, one Saturday, I had a lunch date with one guy and then a dinner date with another guy. And I had a little book so that I could keep track of all of them. And I gave them all nicknames. And I, wanted, I would write things like their, their name, their nickname, their age, uh, and then what I wore to the date. Because, of course, you never want to wear the same thing twice to a date. I know, I know. It was really that superficial. And I gave them, as I said, I gave them all nicknames. And I remember, I'll tell you about a couple of them. It was Ankle Socks. He was a really sweet 50-something-year-old who was clever and attentive and a really good cook. But one baking hot summer's day, I think it was in June, and we were getting a little passionate outside in his garden. And I, as I was sort of kissing him and I looked down at his feet, he, I saw he had ankle socks on. And I can't, I, I don't know, I just can't figure it out, but it just put me off him. I couldn't get out of that house fast enough. <laughs> I really was, um, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and then there was uh, Unreliable Fish. Okay, so he cancelled on me four times. Yes, four times. But I was new to the dating game, so I let him. I would never have, as I as I kind of progressed into the dating, I never allowed that to happen again. Hence the Unreliable. But the other thing was, as we, we spoke a lot on the phone before we actually met, and he said to me on this one occasion, he said, um, I have been told by my other girlfriends that I'm a really good kisser okay first of all who says that but anyway he said it to me and I was like oh, okay so you can imagine when we first met I thought okay 
when when we went in for the kiss, my expectations were high. I was really expecting him to be a good kisser. Oh boy. <laughs> His kissing was awful. It reminded me or th- it made me think of what would it be like to kiss a fish? It was all wet and slurpy and horrible. I really hope you're not listening to this podcast whilst you're eating because it's just not a good good image anyway hence the unreliable fish and then there were some there was my Italian stallion who was this lovely guy from Sicily and yeah he was now he was a good kisser anyway (laughs) I had a lot of fun and you can read all about my dating escapades in my second book online dating at 40 the knobheads nut jobs and nice guys You'll need to read the book to meet all of the... I didn't talk about all of them. I spoke... I only tell you about a few of them. But I should say um, that I have talked about this here in Kenya quite a lot on on radio and written about it and it's on my blog. And I have been trolled quite a lot and vilified for my openness and had accusations thrown at me because a lot of people have said, what? She slept with so many people. Now... I should say, first of all, dating here is not having sex. It's dating. And in some cases, it was a coffee with somebody and I'd be like, I never want to see this guy again. But I want to talk openly about sex relationships because I feel that men and women are treated differently when it comes to this. It's interesting, isn't it? When a woman says we want to explore our sexual freedom or embark on casual relationships, we are thought of as, well, women just don't do this kind of thing. And I think being a Muindi as well, being an Indian girl, I'm, I'm often seen as a little bit of a rebel when I talk about these things. It's almost like we're not allowed to explore our sexuality on our terms or create relationships that suit us and our lifestyles. And also why this distinction between genders between men and women a man sleeps with many women and he is seen as a stud a woman sleeps with many men and she is seen as a slut why the distinction Joan Rivers really put it well she said a man can sleep around no questions asked but if a woman makes 19 or 20 mistakes she's a tramp such true words so let's talk about this We have sex for many reasons, okay? Sex, when in a relationship, can be about making love. Of course, sex is for procreation. And many religious people might argue that's the only real reason our species depends on sex for its very existence. We can argue that sex is about pleasure, about physical gratification. It's a release. And actually, the physical pleasure of being touched leading to the ultimate goal, an orgasm. But there are many benefits to sex. Sex can make you look and feel younger and can give you an all-over healthy glow. It burns calories. There you go. (laughs) There's a reason to have sex. It's supposed to be good for period pains. Did you know that, women, if you have period pains? Because it works out those pelvic floor muscles. And working those pelvic floor muscles um, in turn is means stronger orgasms for women also there are certain hormones pheromones which are released in your body which make you more attractive to the opposite sex 
leading to even more sex. <laughs> you see where I'm going? There's a hormone that is released after sex, which is called serotonin. It's the happy hormone, which leads to your mood being lifted and hence can help with keeping depression at bay. And another hormone released is oxytocin, which helps relax you and makes you feel sleepy. It's basically a stress buster because your cortisol drops. So all these hormones that are released in your body when you're stressed will drop like cortisol. And I think when sex is good, it can really help with confidence about your body and in turn your self-esteem. So sex in a safe, consensual encounter can be good. But the truth is that it's more than that. As human beings, we are social beings. Yes, there are introverts and loners who prefer their own company, and we all need solitude that gives us a chance to recharge. But overall, we need social interaction to survive and to thrive. Connection is key for us, and this is what I want to talk to you about, human connection, whether it be conversations with friends or community life, a dance class, a religious festival, a family sharing Sunday lunch, or just two people having a drink together. Our aim is to interact with others, be aware of each other, sharing emotions and common interests. Touch is an important aspect of this. As human beings, why do we hug each other? Why do we hold hands? When someone is hurting, why do we put a hand on their shoulder or over their hand to show them that we care? This non-verbal form of communication can mean so much more than words. And as the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. We send, we receive emotional signals simply by touch. And this isn't just the emotion of love, but it includes anger, fear, sadness, happiness. Touch is a language all on its own. And as human beings, we all know how to use this language almost instinctively. Touch will often strengthen a relationship, will signify the closeness of a person to another. In fact, there are times when words are just completely inadequate. And the only response to someone's grief or fear or happiness or love is the universal language of touch. You know, there's evidence to show, I remember reading this somewhere, that when you touch and cuddle your sexual partner during and after sex, the level of cortisol in your body drops, whilst the warm and loving touch releases oxytocin, enhancing that sense of trust and attachment. And I talked about this earlier just now. After all, what are we but our bodies and all that is inherent within our bodies? And so when you touch my body, you touch me, my very essence. Human connection in all its forms is so powerful. Let's not forget that in this age of Zoom and social media and the internet. I had a great time online dating. Hey, no regrets and no apologies. My next song choice, well, it says it all. It's Raining Men by Weather Girls.
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with your host Shalini Bala-Lucas. Before the break, I was talking about human connection. And this really did become a part of my healing because without it, I realized that I was drowning in the meaninglessness of it all. Let me tell you something. When we are disconnected from each other, we are disconnected from our very own souls. And by nourishing authentic, real and personal connections with others, we end up nourishing ourselves and each other. Conscious, meaningful connections can be with anyone. It can be with friends, family, work colleagues, even strangers. <laughs> Last week, I happened to say and talk a little bit about my partner. And I'm happy to say that today, I have found what I call my chapter two. I've fallen in love again, this time with a friend from my childhood. In many ways, he is like Jeremy, kind and funny and clever. But he is so different too. He challenges me, he supports me. He has brought love and laughter and joy into my life. And for that, I will be forever grateful. And I'll tell you more about him next week. But I must say that I had already begun to find happiness again before I met him because happiness must come from within. And I don't mean the fleeting happiness that you get when you buy shoes. Oh, believe me, I like doing that. I have a lot of shoes. But I'm talking about the, the inner deep contentment from really knowing who you are and living by certain principles that inform your life. Now, two of these principles are altruism and compassion. Altruism basically is the act of giving. It's, it's something that actually is hardwired in us as a species. So that bond we form with another when we do something for each other with no expectation of a reward is a reward in itself. One of the ways of channeling my grief in a positive way was to set up an education fund in Jeremy's name. And it's called the Jeremy Lucas Education Fund. And we currently support 15 children in northern Kenya through secondary and tertiary education. And also often we'll make sure they're in employment, not often, we always make sure they're in employment before we kind of let them loose. I... I'm really happy that recently we had our first graduates and amongst them is I, I just want to mention just two or three of them amongst them is Solomon <laughs> I have a photograph of me and Solomon and Solomon is so tall and I'm a short foot five foot nothing really and it's quite a funny photo because when I look up at him it really is like I do need um, to stand on a chair to see him I do I I'm so proud of Solomon. He graduated from Kenyatta University with a bachelor's in environmental science. And he's hoping to pursue a degree in veterinary science in 2023. And we will support him through that. Then there's Pinotti, who graduated from Chester's Teachers Training College in primary teacher education. And she's now teaching in Samburu. And then there's Saniki, who graduated from the Coast Institute of Technology in Voi with the Certificate in Tour Guiding and Administrator. 
administration and she's now a guest relations manager at a really high-end camp in the Mara. Seeing these young people succeed fills me with so much pride and so much joy. What could you do to make one person's life just that bit happier? Because believe me, that happiness will come back to you tenfold. And then there's the act of practicing compassion, being kind, showing consideration and a spirit of generosity to all people, animals and the environment. But compassion must start with the self. Caring for oneself, eating and sleeping well and exercising. Self-care is not selfish. So as my compassion for myself and others grew after Jeremy's death, I also had to make some sense of my own loss. And so I trained as an end-of-life doula, someone who sits with terminally ill people as they transition from this life to whatever is next. And that might be helping them with legalities of death, funeral arrangements, listening to them talk of their fears of dying. So many people have fears of dying, even as they're dying. They talk about regrets or simply holding their hands as they take their last breath so that no one dies alone if they don't want to. If I could sit with my husband and give him comfort in his dying moments, then I could definitely do that for others too. Holding space for someone else in their time of need is hugely humbling. It makes you realize what is important in life. As you know, every week I ask my guests to share a quote that resonates with them. And the quote today is about compassion. It's by the Dalai Lama. In 2015, I was very fortunate to see him speak in London. I can't explain it, but he just exuded kindness, happiness, and compassion. He had the most amazing sense of humor. (laughs) He would laugh at his own jokes. And this whole, it was a theater, this whole theater of people would just were blown away by him. He articulates really eloquently in his book, How to Be Compassionate. He says, in order to achieve peace, tranquility and real friendship, we must minimize anger and cultivate kindness and a warm heart. As we become nicer human beings, our neighbors, friends, parents, spouses and children will experience less anger, prompting them to become more warm hearted, compassionate and harmonious the very atmosphere becomes happier, which even promotes good health. This is the way to change the world. Let's take a break here with my next song choice. I have no reason for choosing it, except that I find it very beautiful. And it's from a Bollywood film called Ram Leela. The song is called Lal Ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. Every week we do a meditation. And today I'm going to do a meta meditation. I've done this in the past, but I've always done very short ones. Today we're going to do a full meta meditation or as full as, as we can do given the time. Meta means loving kindness. And in this meditation, we will be cultivating loving kindness and compassion It's a powerful and very moving meditation. I absolutely love it and I hope you will too. But before we start, I just need to say that energetically speaking, it's a very strong meditation. So if any time you feel dizzy, spaced out or faint, please open your eyes and ground yourself by stamping your feet lightly on the floor and drinking some water. And you can always just go back to your breath 
and tune my voice out. Throughout the meditation, be positive and open to any emotions, thoughts and sensations that may arise. Observe them, do not, do not get caught up in them and allow them to be. Like I said, if you need to stop for any reason, go back to your breath to calm your mind and body. So let's begin. Ensure that you're sitting comfortably with your spine in neutral. You can even do this lying down. Close your eyes. Just sit with that for a moment. And bring your attention to your breath. Breathing in through your nose and breathing out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Deepen the breath. Slow the breath down. Feel the rise and fall of your stomach as you breathe in and as you breathe out. Now place your right palm in the center of your chest and your left hand on top of your right hand. Can you feel your heart beating? Feel the energy and warmth at the center of your chest. This is where your heart chakra is. Visualize this energy as an emerald green light. Visualize this green light radiating throughout your body. And just allow it to flow through your body as you now take your awareness to the top of your head where you have your crown chakra. Visualize a soft white ball of light above your head, gently radiating light into your crown chakra. Visualize this white light radiating throughout the body from the top of your head down to the tips of your toes and fingers. Now feel love, compassion and gratitude for yourself. You may find this difficult to begin with, but over time, self-compassion will get easier. So feel that love, compassion and gratitude for yourself. Now quietly, after me, say these words. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be free from suffering. May I be happy. And again, may I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be free from suffering. May I be happy. Now turn your palms outwards and away from your body as if you are radiating that green light from your palms outwards to somebody in front of you. And I want you first to imagine your nearest and dearest, the people that you most love in front of you. Allow the energy to flow from your palms to your loved ones. See it surrounding them, 
strengthening them, sending them gratitude and compassion and love as you say these words to them. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free from suffering. May you be happy. Now imagine friends and family in front of you. Allow the energy to flow from your palms to them, surrounding them. And say these words to them. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free from suffering. May you be happy. Now imagine work colleagues and acquaintances in front of you. Allow the energy to flow from your palms to them, surrounding them, sending them loving kindness and gratitude and compassion as you say these words to them. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free from suffering. May you be happy. Now imagine a small globe, the whole earth in front of you. Allow the energy to flow from your palms and surround the whole globe, penetrate the globe, strengthen the globe and all its beings and creatures. And these are the words you say after me. May all beings have happiness. May all beings be free from attachment and hatred. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy. Now turn your palms to face the floor down to Mother Earth. Visualize the excess energy in your body flowing down to Mother Earth. She will absorb it all as you silently say the words, Thank you, Mother Earth, for supporting me, sustaining me, and nourishing me. Please bless me and allow me to ground myself to you. Place your hands back down on your lap with your palms open. Place your feet firmly on the ground and imagine roots growing from the soles of your feet down into the center of the earth. Again, say the words silently. Thank you, Mother Earth. Please bless me and allow me to ground myself to you. Just sit with your eyes closed as you bring your awareness back to your breathing. Breathing in through your nose and breathing out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out of your body. And then in your own time, bring your awareness back to the room you're in 
back to your body, back to my voice. And when you feel ready, gently open your eyes. Remember, drink some water. Gently walk around the room to release any tension. That was the meta meditation. I always ask my guests what books, song and luxury item they would take if they were cast away to a desert island. And I chose three last week. And I'm going to do the same thing this week. I get to choose three altogether. Now the book I would take this week would be A Suitable Boy by Vikram Seth. This is one of the longest English language novels published in a single volume. And it follows four families during 18 months and centers on Mrs. Rupa Mera and her efforts to arrange the marriage of her younger daughter, Lata, to a suitable boy. I love it, actually. It's such a, when I read it, I read it in an Indian accent. I know that sounds crazy. It's set during the post-independence, post-partition India. And for me, it evokes an era and a, just a wonderful setting. Each character is so beautifully de- defined and so intriguing and I think it was published in 1993 I've read it four times I read it when I was 18 19 then when I was 27 then 10 years later when I was 37 and then just a couple of years ago when I was 45 and each time each time I've read that book I've gleaned something different from from the I think it's 1474 pages I can't think of a better book to have with me on a desert island. I just absolutely love it. And I highly recommend it. It is definitely one of the best books I have ever read. The song I would take would be Samjava from the film Humpty Sharmaki Dulanya. I love this song. And it always reminds me of the passionate and beautiful love that Jeremy and I had. I cry every time I hear it. Having said that, it is one of my favorite Bollywood songs. And then the luxury item I would take, I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose of the only song because um, I would take my trusted old iPod, which has something like 7,000 songs on it. I love my iPod because I've had it for absolutely years and it has all the songs I need for dancing, for teaching dance, for contemplative listening, songs to listen to, to evoke memories such as Samjava. And I know it's a bit of a cheat, but well, this is my podcast. So if I can't break the rules, who can, right? So that's what I'm going to take this week. Just a quick reminder before we go that all three of my books are available at Textbook Center at Surrit and Raffle Books in Kenya and of course, Amazon Worldwide. Please also follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations and lots more on my social media at JustJoom, J-U-S-T-J-H-O-O-M. And remember, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counsellor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. I hope by now you can see how you can begin to cultivate happiness in your life. Of course, life isn't sugar and spice and everything nice all the time. 
life will throw us many challenges and many curveballs. And we must choose how we deal with these. We can either let them defeat us, or we can see them as what they are, the biggest teachers of our lives. Because, you know, from pain will come positivity and purpose. From vulnerability will come great courage. And from all the wounds inflicted on us will come wisdom. I promise you this. Next week, in the final installment to this three-part series, I talk about mindfulness and gratitude, life-changing techniques that really help with building resilience to deal with life's challenges. Mindfulness has changed my life. Please do join me next week. To play us out today, my final song choice, Samjawa. I'm Shalini Bala-Lucas. I'm grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful. तनु समझावा की ना तेरे बिना लगदा जी मैं तनु समझावा की ना तेरे बिना लगदा जी तू की जाने प्यार मेरा मैं करूं Be
ना तेरे बिना लगदा जी 